So this is what I want to give to you today. Good news. The good news that we don't have a brass ceiling that when we pray that God can't hear us and that God can't get to us. We have open access living under an open heaven. God says, whatever I have, I want to give to you. Isn't that way you are with your children, fathers and mothers? You want to give them everything that you have, your wisdom, your knowledge, your money, everything that you can give to them to make them prosper, you want to give to them. How much more does our Heavenly Father want to give us good gifts? So Jesus, when he prayed, he told the disciples, he told them, our, pray this way, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is in heaven. Right? So we need to establish the earth here with what God has put in our hearts about how heaven is. So we have to be instruments of God's uh, using us. So whatever, also Jesus said, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatever you establish here on earth shall be established in heaven. So this is something that we have to take spiritual awareness of to understand what God wants us to do. We can't limit God and just be all restricted and say, oh, well, you know, I don't know if God's going to, you know, do it. Yes, he is. He'll do it, what? Again. Amen. So let's look at this. This is uh, where we first see God coming down, uh, one instance anyway, of Jacob. Jacob, you remember what Jacob, he had a little problem with his brother. He lied to him. He stole the birthright, took his blessing. You'd be upset too, wouldn't you? In those days, they didn't just get upset, though. <laughs> he said, I want to kill him. <laughs> Mom said, you better get out of town. Hijack, get out of here. Don't pack your bags. Don't do anything. Just get out of town. <laughs> Amen? Now, you know, when you pack, when you go on a trip, how do you pack? You pack for everything, right? <laughs> you know, you're going for two days, and you got five pairs of socks. <laughs> You know, you got three changes of clothes. You, you, know, you got everything, right? I can remember a time when my wife was going to uh, Singapore for her brother's funeral, and she packed like two and a half bags. They're only going to be there like for, you know, three or four days. And so <laughs> her, her uh, sister-in-law said, what are you doing? Come on up here to the hotel room. And she starts saying, you don't need this, you don't need that, you don't need this. And she brought it down to like just one bag. And so, but Jacob, he didn't have a chance to pack anything, not even his toothbrush. He had to just lickety-split. He didn't even have a pillow. His favorite, you guys have a favorite pillow that you take with you when you're on a trip? The one that you just, you know, your, your face just fits just right on there? He had a rock that he put his head on. And I'm sure he felt alone, disgraced, discouraged. I lied to my brother. I'm separated from my father and my mother now. But God came down and he saw in a dream a ladder going from earth to heaven and God is at the top of the ladder saying, Jacob, I'm with you. I'll be with you wherever you go. I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And whatever I promised unto you, I will perform it. I will do it. Wouldn't you want God to say that to you? Guess what? He already has. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. If I spoke it, will I not do it? Have I uh, uh, said it? Will I not bring it to pass? He says, I'll watch over my word to perform it in your life. He is, he is locked in to his word. If he said it, he said, I'll do it. You know how we are. We promise our kids things. We say, oh, well, you know, on Saturday, we'll go to the park. Come Saturday, oh, I'm too tired. But dad, you said. 
okay, I'll go. They remind us of what we promised. We have to remind God of what he promised us. Did you not say, Lord? And then you stand on it and you believe. And he said, I will do it. I watch over my word to perform it in your life. Amen? This is good news. Amen? Are you excited about this? So uh, isn't that a beautiful... Go back one. Go back. I, I love this picture. I know you're not supposed to love a picture. But this is so exciting you know, sometimes we feel alone. We feel like God's not there. God said, you know what? I got angels going and coming, moving on your behalf, doing things for you. You're not alone here. Remember Jesus, when he was in the garden uh, and, and the soldiers came to take him and Peter cut off the soldier's ear and Jesus said, hold on, hold on, relax, okay? If I prayed, the, my father would send 12 legions of angels here. Do you know how much 12 legions are? One legion is 6,000. So 12 legions is 72,000 angels at his disposal. How many do you need? We only need like one or two. But 72,000 coming to help you? You're not alone in this world. God said there is no separation between heaven and earth. When Jesus came, let's see Jesus right here. When he was being baptized, God spoke again from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Guess what? He's well pleased with us because we're in Jesus. We can have the same thing he has. We can have same access to the Father when we say in Jesus' name. It's just like Jesus was praying when we say it. Isn't that good news? I I'm excited about that. Even when Jesus was born, guess what? A heavenly choir of angels were singing. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. When he was being tempted in the wilderness, the angels came to minister to him. When he's being baptized there, we see that the angels came. The glory of God came. We're going to have baptisms in August, so, you know, hopefully we'll see. I know uh, uh, Paul signed up for baptism. I want to see that picture, brother. Amen. Glory to God in the highest. So let's see what the angels do. Angels working on our behalf, right? This, in Psalms 103.20, it says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. What do angels do? Hearken unto the voice of the word. Word, not Lord, word. What do you put in your mouth? The word of God? You speak the word of God? It's just like God or Jesus himself saying it. The angels can't decipher between, did God say it or did you say it? By his stripes, I am healed. Oh, God said, we got to go and do that. What's, we have to hearken unto the voice of his word. So there's no difference between when God says it and when we say it. Is that exciting? Can I say, is that exciting? <laughs> the Bible says, his word will not return unto us, what? Void. Doesn't come back and say, uh, void. You know, I work in accounts payable and I see checks. <laughs> right? I see checks in, in, in Kaiser and it comes back and says, void. What does that mean? No. It's no good, right? <laughs> Throw it away. Doesn't means nothing. His word, when it comes back into heaven, he doesn't say, oh, uh, void. No. He said, let's perform what has been spoken. Amen? Psalms 91.1 says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in most of the ways that you're going, some of the things that we're not so sure about. All thy ways. 
Do you mean angels are watching you and everything that you do? They're ahead of you, preparing and watching and covering you? You know, I've seen a picture on the YouTube where this guy's walking across the street and a truck is ready to hit him. I mean, just plow him. And all of a sudden, this angel comes, and you can see it on slow motion tape, comes and whoop, right to the sidewalk. Well, how did he do that? How did he know that that truck was going to be there? Well, the angels are watching over us to keep thee in all thy ways. Hebrews 1.14 say, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's us. Hallelujah. We got some help coming right here. Uh, God told Jacob, he says, uh, or Jacob said, I see angels ascending and descending from the throne of God. Jesus said, you'll see the son of man and angels will be ascending and descending. And, he, and we can say, we have angels that are ascending and descending on our behalf. I've also seen YouTube. YouTube's pretty fun to watch these things, you know? <laughs> you see what other people are experiencing, not just your own little world. And so this woman is talking about how she was stuck in, in a, a deserted area and her truck or her car broke down. And this guy in a red truck, old red truck comes up and he just says, oh, let me help you. I guess he, she had a flat tire. He fixed the flat tire and just said, thank you, ma'am. She said, he's just something special about him, something different, you know, kind of like angelic. <laughs> and so she said, thank you very much. And she looked up and there's a truck and everything's gone. Well, what was that? I don't know. But there are other reports of that same truck that they see around the world and around the nation that this guy, this angel, that's his job, I guess, to minister for those who will inherit salvation. Praise God. Amen. You've been in accidents or, or heard of people in accidents where they say, well, something grabbed me and just kind of kept me away from that car that was coming against me, right? Angels are watching over us. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. Okay, so let's see. I'm gonna, uh, that's the uh, end of the review. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 2 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, that's what we're going to talk about, spiritual gifts. How many of you like gifts? You like gifts? Yeah. Uh, we like gifts. How about gifts from God? Those are good gifts, aren't they? Because you know what? They don't cost anything. You don't have to pay for them. Amen? <laughs> spiritual gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. What is it? another word for ignorant? Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> no brains. <laughs> but, but better said... Not informed, right? I don't want you to be not informed about spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols. Dumb idols. But actually that's translated, it means mute idols. Ones that can't speak. They make a statue out of wood or of gold and they say, okay, what are we supposed to do? They can't talk back to you. But God's saying, don't, don't get caught up in those dumb idols because I will speak to you. Can I say it again? I will speak to you. Let's see what it says in John. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, how many sheep we got out there? The Bible says that they know his voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So they say, you might say, well, I don't really hear God that well. <laughs> I used to say that too. But you know what I did? I found out, I got on the internet, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and I said, how do you hear the voice of the Lord? And I kept hearing, you have to journal. You get a piece of paper, and you sit down, and you, sit, and you get in a peaceful mood, think about the Lord, get into a spiritual atmosphere, and you say, okay, Lord, speak to me. What do you think about me? What do you want me to do? How, how do you want me to act? And then you just write down 
what you feel the Lord is saying. And sometimes it feels like it's you saying it, but it's really the Lord speaking through you. That's how the Bible was written, inspired uh, by the word, by, by, by the Holy Spirit. Men of old wrote down the Bible. So you're writing your own little Bible. You're adding on to Acts. You're in now Acts 29, and it's talking about what, you know, Sylvia's doing and what, what Kelly's doing. Praise the Lord, what you're doing. Why not let him write in what, you, what he wants you to do? He already knows. He already has the plans for you, so let him talk to you. Then after a while, you've done this for a while, you don't need the paper anymore because that same voice that you hear while you were writing is the voice of God speaking to you. Amen? Let me see this picture. There's Jesus, and there we are following him. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Can you see yourself in there? Is there you're in there somewhere? <laughs> Sean, don't, no comment, please. <laughs> okay. Now, I found something about sheep. Sheep have a very sensitive ears, and they can hear too precise who's talking to them and, and, and when they've been spoken to. So when the sheep, they go into this big sheep pen at night, the, the, the shepherds don't have to mark them like cattle. You know how they have to brand the cattle so they know which ones are them? They just put them all together with the other shepherd's sheep, and, and there's all a bunch of them together. And when it's time in the morning to go, he goes, okay, let's go, let's go, sheep. And guess what? The sheep that belong to him follow that voice. Amen? Isn't that nice? So you're supposed to be able to hear the voice of the Lord. And so here's another scripture here. Oh, okay. Can you go to the next one? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Our spirit is, has to be developed because God is a spirit and he'll speak to us in our spirit. He'll, he'll give us impressions, he'll give us ideas, he'll give us thoughts. Sometimes you think it's, it, it's us, but it's really him speaking through us. So let's go back to the first one. Let's go back to, the, yeah. And, and this is a little diagram. Do you know that you, you have three parts of your being, your spirit, soul, and body? You all know that? This is class 101. You don't have to be spiritual. You already are spiritual. Did you know that? You have a spirit on the inside of you that needs to be developed so God, who is the spirit, can speak to us. So the spirit, and you probably can't read this, is the seat of God's consciousness. That's why the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts. God wants to get into your spirit and start telling us stuff. But sometimes we block it off because of what we have, uh, because of our soul. Our soul is the seat of passions, emotions, appetite, and desire. Ooh, those can be bad things, can't they? Well, I want to pray to the Lord, but I'm just too tired, just too hungry, just too mad, right? Passion, emotion. I'm angry at this person. Well, God can't talk to you because you got it all, you know, the wires are messed up. And then, the, of course, the body is the seat of the five senses, sight, touch, hearing, smell, and taste. That can get in the way. So but we, what we have to do is see how big that spirit circle is. We have to let our spirit get strong, get big, so God can speak to us, because he wants to speak to us. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go to this one. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. But the manifestation of the Spirit, talking about spiritual gift, is given to each one, each one, say each one, each one. 
Are you in each one? Yes. You want to sign up for this, spiritual gifts? Yes. Amen. You want to hear from God, let him direct you? It's better for him to direct you than you direct yourself. Did you know that? Because <laughs> we don't know enough. We just walk around in our little spot. The Bible says what? The Spirit of the Lord or the, the, the Lord is a, a light, no, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The lamp is just your foot day by day. Which way do I go? A light is for your path. How do I do the next weeks and months and years? So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, that's us, for the profit of who? Us? All. It's for other people. Our, the manifestation of the Spirit is for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the what? Same Spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. What's the common ground here? Same spirit. Who's giving you the gifts? The spirit. Who do you have to get in touch with? The spirit. <laughs> How do you do that? With your spirit, matches his spirit, and God speaks to you, and then you're able to do the things that he's called you to do. Amen. 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 Too easy, isn't it? One more. One more. To another, the working of mirrors, uh, miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. People say, well, I have a gift of, of working of miracles. No, you don't have nothing. <laughs> the spirit gave you that so that you can work for, on his behalf. You take out the spirit and you're just a lone ranger there. I, I can't do nothing. But one, oh, one more. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, I want to break it down for us in the next uh, slide here. There's three categories of spiritual gifts. Revelation gifts, speaking gifts, and power gifts. Woo! I want the power, baby. But you actually need... Revelation to work the power. So let's, let's, let's talk about this a minute. The word of knowledge. What is the, what's the difference between the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom? Anybody know? Yes. One's past and present, and then one's future. Word of knowledge is right now. Right now, this is what's happening. Remember Jesus, when he saw the woman at the well? He said, you have five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. She went, whoo, how you know that? Word of knowledge. Amen? Uh, let me see another example. See, it's not knowledge, book knowledge. It's not something that you know about somebody. It's a word from the Lord by the Spirit about what someone's doing. And that's eerie. That's frightening when people tell you something that only God and you know. You go, whoa, God's watching me. I've been in my closet, and I've been hiding, but man, he found me out. He was at the computer when I was surfing in the wrong places. Hallelujah. <laughs> Word from the Lord. And the guy that I went with to uh, the Bahamas, he not only has a word, he's got a sentence, he's got a paragraph, he's got a chapter, he's got a book. He can tell the person the whole thing about their lives when they were younger, what they did, how, God, how people have hurt them, and how it's manifested in their lives. And they just go, oh, wow, did someone tell them? No, God knows. God has a record of everything that you've done and will do. Amen? 
I told the story that when I went to uh, the church, when I first got saved, the children's church director said, why don't you, um, have you thought about teaching children? No. <laughs> don't you know who I am? God's called me to preach to thousands. You, children down there in the basement? Are you kidding me? I'll never get up out of there. I'll be lost. Five, ten years, what happened to Chuck? He went to children's church. We haven't seen him since. But I had, when I was 12 years old, an encounter with an adult, a coach, that ministered to me. And he said, how are you doing? I want to know how you feel. And I told him, and I felt so good about it. I said, when I get older, if I ever make it, sometimes you wonder, you know. <laughs> I'm 12. You think I'll ever be 40? I don't know. <laughs> the way I'm living, I don't know. <laughs> so... I said, I want to return that favor to a child when I get to be older, right? So guess what? He said, just go home and pray about it. I went home and prayed, and guess what the Lord brought to my remembrance? He said, did you not say that when you got older, you wanted to return to children the thing that, you have, that was given to you? Yeah, I did. He put me in remembrance. He had it written down. He knows everything that you've been through, everything that he wants to take you to, everything about your life he has for you. But it's a word of knowledge. Then a word of wisdom is what to do in the future. Okay, we know where we're at, but now what do we do? God, tell me, what do I do? How do I get to this place? Where do I go? And uh, Jesus, when he did this, he was with Peter, and they were fishing all night and caught nothing. And he said, let down your net, and you'll catch the fish. How did he know that? It's a word of wisdom. This is what you're supposed to do. One time we were having a men's meeting and the, uh, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, I, I want to hear my men praise me. I said, okay. So we went to the men's meeting. I told the pastor we're having breakfast. I said, the Lord wants us to praise him and, and he wants to hear his men speak to him. The pastor said, okay, but we're eating right now. I go, I know, but that's what the Lord said this morning. He said, okay. So the guys are eating, having a good time. And I told this, the, the second praise and worship leader you know, to sing a few songs. <laughs> he gets up there and he goes, well, <clears throat> Pastor Chuck wanted me to sing a couple songs. I don't really have, you know, not really prepared to sing it. I'm going, will you just sing the song? What are you doing? You're ruining the whole spirit of it. So <laughs> he gets up there, finally gets to the song, and he starts singing. All of a sudden, poof, the spirit of the Lord came and just captured us all. Everybody dropped their forks, raised their hands. And God said, I want to hear my people, my men, praise me. It was a word of wisdom on what to do. So you can anticipate this. Let the Lord speak to you. Don't be shy. Say, okay, Lord. And then you test it out to see if it's, if it's for real. And when you do that, that's what? Stepping out in faith, believing that God's going to do a great work through you. Amen. Then there's a gift. Discerning of spirits. I was trying to think of the word. It's not discerning. It's not being superstitious. <laughs> it's not being, uh, uh, what's the other word? Uh, suspicious of people. I don't know about that guy. <laughs> no, it has to be of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> but don't you, ladies, you get that feeling. You see somebody go like, Ah, something not right about that guy. Something not right about this situation. You know, I use my wife as a little, uh, you know, thermometer. What do you think about that? Well, I don't know. Sometimes she's right, sometimes she's wrong, but at least I listen. 
right? <laughs> Discerning a spirit. You, ladies, you're not always right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you're right. I'd probably say 80% of the time you're right. But there's that 20% of the time, maybe you... <laughs> maybe, perhaps just maybe, we have a little discerning too, right? I used to fool my mom with this all the time, and she used to fool me. When I was a kid and I would go places where I'm not supposed to go, you know what I mean? And, and, and so I'd come home and thought, oh, that's cool, I'm here. And my mom said, well, what do you, wh why were you at such and such house? How'd you know about that? She said, well, I have, see that fence out there? I get on that fence and I can see all the way to school. <laughs> and I'm a young guy, I'm eight years old, and I go, how could that be? How could she? I live two miles from the, from the school. But she, she put the fear of God in me. So I got back at her, because when I'd have my friends come over and they were not of the upright character, I said, all you have to do is say, hello, Mrs. Canazero, how are you? Be real smiley and, and nice, and we can get away with murder. <laughs> and so he would come, because she told me, uh, you know, the people that she didn't like, I'd go, why didn't you like them? Well, they didn't address me, they didn't, you know, they, didn't, they weren't polite, they didn't have manners. So I said, put on your good manners, and then we can go and do whatever we want to do. And so, <laughs> sure enough, Hello, Mrs. Canazero. How are you? Glad to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. And then we took off and did whatever. So I fooled her back. <laughs> but you know, some, now that you're, you're saved and you're Christian moms, you, you know when your kids are doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. You may not know exactly what, but you get that feeling on the inside. They're up to no good. Amen? And so you can call them on. You get a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and discerning spirits. Now, a couple more. The speaking gifts, amen. These are the vocal, different kinds of tongues. And there's three kinds of tongues. There's the one that's for personal use, where you pray to the Father in Jesus' name and the Spirit of the Lord takes your prayer and prays the perfect prayer up to God, amen. Bypasses your mind. You, you can't think, because you can't think of all the things that you're supposed to pray for. You know, you may need finances. Well, what do you pray? I don't know. You pray in your heavenly language, and God takes that and orchestrates it and arranges your, your life so that the people that are supposed to give you the money or places you're supposed to be happen. It's a, it's a, it's a great tool. It's a great advantage. It's an inside track. That's your private. Then there's a, a, a public where someone comes up and has a, uh, speaks in tongues, and then the other comes and does the interpretation of tongues. And the first time I saw this, I said, whoa, what is that? <laughs> person just gets up and shine them at us Sunday, see Kentana. Thus saith the Lord, what you need to do is, uh, you know, obey your parents or whatever it was. And I'm going like, how did they know? How did they know how to do that? I was, whoa! I saw Fred Price and Kenneth Hagin do that at church. And I'm going like, oh my God. And it was, it was long. It wasn't just a little, long. I go, how could you even remember all that? But it's the Spirit of the Lord coming upon a person, and see, with the, the, that tongue, the, the public, is because it's to loose the spirit. It's in faith, and so they speak it, and then the other person gets the message and then gives it in English. It's beautiful to watch. And then I saw Buddy Harrison, I don't know if you all know Buddy Harrison, but anyway, him and his wife used to sing it. I go, whoa, this is amazing, and, and it would rhyme. <laughs> I go, how do you do that? 
<laughs> he, well, he would sing in tongues, and she'd come up, and she'd sing back in tongues. And I'm going like, this is amazing. This is wonderful. How can I do that? And I would go home, and I would do it. The Bible says pray in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit also. And you can interpret your own language. And if I can be transparent, can I be transparent? Of course. <laughs> you know, I, I thought I, I prayed in the Spirit, and then I asked for my interpretation, and I was embarrassed because it was, I, I thought I was being bold and everything, but I was saying, oh, Lord, I need you. I can't live without you. I'm dependent upon you. Help me in my ways. I'm going like, what a sissy. <laughs> but it's what I was speaking to the Lord from my own heart. So there's, and then there's a gift of prophecy where you prophetically speak something that's going to happen that hasn't happened yet. Could be like a year, two years, could be five years. Jesus prophesied 70 years out, right? And the reason why you have the gift of prophecy is because you're going in your own struggles, your own way, and then you, you, you get a little discouraged, and someone comes along and says, this is what the Lord is saying to you. Keep on your path, and this is what he's got promised. Don't give up. I was listening to this guy, uh, uh, Cabrera, I think it was, or, uh, yeah, yeah, Pete Cabrera. Um, Desiree's been studying this as long as well as I am. And, and uh, he was on drugs. He was just no good. I mean, he would stay home for two days and leave for five days. <laughs> and he just left his wife there, took his car, took her car. And she was like, I'm through with this guy. And the Lord spoke to her, stay where you're at. It's going to be better than you ever imagined. Well, she needed to hear that. Because in the midst of it, it's miserable. How many of you have some miserable situations that you need God to speak to you and tell you, is it going to be okay? Is, am I going to deliver you out of this? I told you last week about the woman who, whose husband wanted to leave her, said, I'm tired of you. I don't like you no more. Oh, so, so, such sweet words. <laughs> I want a divorce. And so she finally said, okay whatever, after lecturing him and talking to him so much and asking him why you're saved, I'm saved, what, what's the problem? He said, I just don't want to be with you, okay? So one day before they're ready to get a divorce, the Lord speaks to him, he was a, a truck driver, in this cab, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him and reminds him of the things that his wife had said. He said, you just throw people away like like paper plates. And he, he started thinking, yeah, I guess I do, huh? And I'm getting ready to throw away my wife like a paper plate. And so the Spirit of the Lord came out, so she called and, and she said, well, honey, what do you want to do about the furniture? Because we have to divide it up. She said, he, he said, well, I don't, we're not going to split up. I'm coming home and I want to be with you. And they work together in the ministry. They love each other. They've been doing this for like over a year. One day before it was supposed to happen, she said, the secret was, I gave it to the Lord. I gave up. I cast my care of it upon you, Lord, because you care for me. And whatever happens, happens. And then the Lord said, well, finally, you've given it to me. Finally, now I can do the work that I wanted to do in him uninterrupted so that it's him and the Lord, not his wife, talking to him and badgering him. Praise the Lord. So that's the gift of prophecy. Now, going to get to some good parts. You ready for some good parts? All right. It's been good so far, right? Let's see how much time we have here. Okay, we're good. Okay, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings. Notice that says gifts, plural, of healings, plural, and the working of miracles. How does that work? The gift of faith. 
The gift of faith is not just our faith for daily lives, but it's a supernatural coming upon you to do things that you couldn't do in your own strength. You couldn't even pray hard enough to get these things done, right? Daniel in the lion's den, do you think he just prayed so hard that he stopped the mouth of the lions? Or did the gift of faith come upon him to believe God that the angels would stop up the mouth of the lions? Some of us have to believe that the Lord will stop up our mouth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was talking to Sylvia. I like, I like talking to Sylvia. She said, you know, sometimes I just have to be quiet about things. Don't, don't we have to? Don't, don't we have to? Men, women, don't we have to just sometimes just not? But... Let the Lord take care of the situation, right? How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? Do you think they just prayed so hard? Okay, Lord, protect our bodies if we go in. Lord, you know how to... Please. How could you... What, what, what prayer is that? They believed. He, they said to the king, Oh, king, we don't, we're not concerned about whether you throw us in or not. If you do, that's fine. The Lord will deliver us. And if you don't, well, that's fine too. And he said, well, you're going in. And they just came out, and not even a smell of smoke on them. That's great faith that comes upon us. Sometimes it'll come upon you for situations, and, and you, don't, you can't pray hard enough, but the Lord gives you the gift. It's a gift of faith. Amen? Then the gifts of healings. So I've been studying this. Desiree's been studying this. We're we believing for God to give the gifts of healings to us. And so gifts is plural, meaning there's several types of gifts that we can apply for several types of healings. And I was going for minor, I, I prayed for this, I did get the gifts, the gifts of healings for minor things. I'm, now I'm going to step up, go to greater things, bigger things. And uh, so we were at, uh, Maggie had a, they had a get together and they invited Maggie for her birthday. And so I get there and she goes, uh, there's a girl that has two disloca dislocated shoulders. Could you pray with her? I'm just here for the party, okay? I'm not working right now. <laughs> We're always on in the Lord, aren't we? Instant and in season and out of season. So I said, okay, come on over here. And she goes, yeah, they're dislocated. They're, I'm, I'm going to need surgery. Go, okay, let's pray. And so I'm praying to the Lord. Lord, I, I ask you for your gifts of healing. I ask you to come now, minister to this shoulder. In Jesus' name, faith, I gave it to him. She goes, ooh, that feels good. That's it. There's no more pain in there. I go, what about the other one? She goes, well, this one's, there's no pain, but I can't get it past this point right here. Hmm, let me ask the Lord. I'm working on my hearing from the Lord. He said, pray that the tissues and the muscles be loosed. I go, we got to pray for those loosed and, and uh, muscles and tissues. So I prayed, and she goes, oh, yeah, I could do it. I can do it now. Amen? So I just saved her two surgeries. Hopefully she sent me a check. Is that the way it works? Yes. No. no. Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> so we were praying, f uh, and Friday, um, uh, Lily calls me up, or texts me. The Bible says, call for the elders of the, if you're sick, if anyone's sick, let them call for the elders of the church. But right now you can text it, right? <laughs> she texts me, she says, I'm not feeling that good. My heel is bothering me. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I, I made a deal with the Lord. You ever make a deal with the Lord? I said, Lord, if you give me this gift of healing, if anybody asks me to pray for them, I will go and pray for them. That was our deal. And all of a sudden, he started doing that. 
So she texts me, said she's not feeling well. I go, I'll come and pray with you. She says, I go, I'll, I'll come after Bible study. She says, oh, I'll just come to Bible study then. So we prayed, and almost all of it was gone. She said just a trace of it was gone. So I call two days later. I go, well, how is your heel doing? She said, well, it was fine, but then I started walking on it, and all of a sudden it started hurting again. I said, okay, well, let me pray about that. So I prayed. I said, Lord, what is the problem here? And he said, that heel needs to be repaired. I go, okay, so I went to her house. Pastors still make house calls. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so uh, we talked, and she said, yeah, I put my foot down, and it's like bone on the, on the floor. It's like there's no cushioning. Well, I can't pray hard enough for that. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a magician. I said, Lord, I'm praying that you give me the gift of healing in this situation. So, Lily, come up and tell us what happened here. Don't fall down, okay? <laughs> okay, I want to praise the Lord, first of all, because when I went to the Bible study, I had been in so much pain like the day before that I couldn't even leave, leave the house because just putting any pressure on my right foot was very excruciating. Um, anyhow, when the pastor came, he said the Lord had given him that word. And I told him, I said, in my Bible, I have that word written um, in Exodus 15:26. It says, God introduces himself as Israel's healer and called himself Jehovah Rapha. The Hebrew word Rapha alludes to stitching something that has been torn, a, com a complete repairing of something that needs mending, and it means to cure someone. And so when he gave that, that word about the Lord wanted to repair my foot, I says, oh, Lord, thank you. And I just totally received because it was as if... Um, I didn't have any cushion on that heel. And when he started praying, I could feel the cushioning coming in. I was able to stand and walk. And I walked up here today because you have to go through the parking lot to get to church here. And I just want to praise God for that. And, and I just, I'm better and better. There's just a, a tinge left of a slight pain. But you know, we stand on the word of God and we keep believing and resisting because the enemy tries to bring back the symptoms and discourage us. But the Lord's brought me through so many things, you know, in the past that this, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stand. He's got me out of a wheelchair before. And just recently, I mean, we've gone through some big things. Uh, my sister on February 20th fell. She's, she's 80 and I'm going on 71. And uh, anyhow, she fell and hit the cement. And she's very um, uh, slim and tiny. And anyhow, it broke her shoulder. Well, she's the main caretaker for my brother-in-law. And so we all pitched in trying to help her. Well, anyhow, three months have gone by. She uh, was into therapy, doing better. But on May 21st, in trying to help my brother-in-law, he fell into her, and she went through a plate glass window in her house. And it was a miracle. I believe those angels were there that pastor talked about, because there's no way she could have gone. She just got a gash on her head, 
and she has a fracture on her foot, but she managed to get up from that floor and call 911. And I really believe the Lord was with her. The word of God says the angel of the Lord encamps around about us, right? So this is the place I'm standing, believing for her, and mine is easy in comparison. You know, God is faithful, amen. Tell, tell us what you used to do when you were growing up. Your father used to pray with you, pray for you. Yes, all the time because we didn't have money growing up. And I mean, we'd get a cold or whatever it was. And my dad would just simply lay hands on us. And oppression, I used to get oppression a lot as a child. And I'd just say, Dad, you know, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Dad, couldn't you pray? And he was faithful to do it. And God was faithful to answer. You know, he was always right there. So I just have to praise God with all my heart because in all these things, God's word says we're more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us. He loves us all so much. So that's what the pastor reminded me. Also, he said, you know, God is doing this for you because he loves you. You know, how many pastors are there that'll go to you and pray for you? That's never happened. I've been in a lot of churches, you know, but God is so good and he's so faithful. Okay, Amen. I promised to make it short, didn't I? You did good. Perfect. <laughs> you said it all very well, very nice. Amen. The last on there, as we get ready to close, is the working of miracles. Miracles are wonderful, aren't they? It's a supernatural intervention in the normal course of events, like Moses when he parted the Red Sea. That's a miracle, right? When you pray and the, it doesn't rain because you, want to, you, you have a picnic or a wedding, that's a miracle. God wants us to work miracles for people around us. So how do you get to these things? A couple more scriptures. Covet earnestly the best gift. Covet, 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 covet. What does that mean? It doesn't mean to lust after, like it, in the Old Testament, covet. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. But covet earnestly, desire uh, the best gifts for the person that needs to have something done. The definition of covet means to burn with zeal. Burn, baby, burn. You can't control yourself. I need to do this. I need to get the gifts of God. I need to get into his presence. I need to hear him. Lord, I need to hear you. In the pursuit of good, to desire earnestly, to pursue, to strive after. I like this one. To busy oneself about him. To busy, to, what are you doing? I'm busy seeking the Lord. My wife's gone on uh, you know, vacation to the Sequoias. What am I doing? Just sitting around watching the football games? No. I'm pursuing God. Amen? Praise the Lord. To exert oneself for something. Okay, now the steps for those that you weren't here last week. Steps to receive an open heaven really quick. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, soul, strength, and might. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a hard one, isn't it? I just love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But I can't stand so-and-so. <laughs> what kind of mess is that? That's God's child you're talking about. I love you, Pastor Chuck, but your son I'm not so sure about. That's my son you're talking about, right? Yeah. You want to talk bad about God's children? When God came down, and Jesus came down to Paul, who was Saul, said, why do you persecute 
Me. He didn't say the church, me. If you've done it to one of these, you've done it to the other. So if you don't like your neighbor, you don't like God. Mm, mm, mm. Let that sit a while. Right? You can't love me and not love my children. Right? Kelly knows that, right? I love you, Kelly. You're a beautiful girl. You sing wonderful, but those kids, you know what I mean? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Everything I said before don't matter, right? That's right. Study and meditate on the Word. So I used to study. I studied these guys. How do you get that healing virtue? They stay in the Word. They meditate. They get their mind focused on the Lord. How are you going to know what God has promised to you if you don't see the promises in the Bible? Amen? Develop your personal relationship with the Lord. Your personal relationship, not somebody else's. You can copy somebody else. It can be part of your repertoire. But you and the Lord have your own way of talking to each other. Amen? Amen. A heart cry out for his promises to be manifested in your life. A heart cry. What does that mean? You cry with your heart. You want it so bad that you need to have it from the Lord. Amen? I do. I say all this stuff. Why, why am I talking like this? I want you to have what God's promised you. I want you to experience the glory that God wants to give to you in every area of your life so that you're not just feeble and walking around trying to make things happen. God is working and wants to work in your behalf so that you can have, last uh, slide, an open heaven. Ooh, is that man happy or what? That boy? An open heaven for God to work in your life. You want that? Amen. Close your eyes. Just bow our heads. Say, Father, I just thank you for bringing these, two, these people together to hear your word, to be encouraged to know that you want to reach down from heaven and minister to them. I thank you, Lord God, that we live under an open heaven. And I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. If that's you and you say, you know what? I want to live under that open heaven. Why don't you just stand up right now as an act of faith and say, Lord, and we're going to make a confession of faith to the Lord. If you want to see the heavens open in your behalf, all the situations that you're facing, why don't you stand to your feet right now and just let's make an open declaration that God wants to move in our lives for the things that we've been petitioning and asking for. And so let's repeat after me. Say, Father God, I receive your word today. You want to pour out your blessings unto me. You want to open up the heavens so that I can receive all that you have promised. I ask for those heavens to be opened over me right now. I want to hear your voice. I want to work in your behalf. I want you to use me for your glory. Teach me, Lord, to follow you and your spirit as we walk through this life so that we can see all the promises of God fulfilled in my life. To God be the glory. Amen.